This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Team you hate playing again? Yeah, uh, yeah I guess fucking auto, I guess. <laughs> We're a team. missed it i'm here with nick from new era sons thank you for joining me how are you doing today <laughs> i'm good bro uh, let's hope this works again. <laughs> yeah i mean so far so good we're off to a better start yeah, than yeah, we were yeah. yesterday or uh, earlier yeah should be good i think yeah i think so uh, if you're new to the podcast thank you for joining in uh we're the sun's hour podcast part of the hockey podcast network so we'll be talking for about an hour so we got we got some big topics to talk about though today with uh, with free agency in the draft past us, some big names have signed in Ottawa. So we'll, we'll break it down with the draft at first. Obviously, Stutzel was in at three. I think everyone wanted that. So I'm going to ask you, number five, Jake Sanderson, mixed opinions across the board on this. Yeah, yeah. Like I was saying earlier, I was sort of on the fence about them picking Sanderson, but I think a, a large part of us sort of knew that's the direction that Dorian was going to take. Uh, obviously, probably the most uh, sense uh, for Dorian, considering his love for UND. And um, you can't pass up a, a, a nice two-way defenseman, a shutdown guy like him. Obviously, great prospect, uh, captain at uh, uh, UNTDP. So, uh, overall, good player. I'm really excited to have him. Um, took a little bit of adjusting, but, um, you know, you, get, you pick twice in the top five. You can't go wrong with that. So, I stopped complaining. Yeah, I mean, a lot of Suns fans were still complaining after that. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> I still see that on Twitter for sure. Yeah, I mean, our Twitter is uh, – Suns Twitter can be pretty volatile at times. Yeah. But with that being said, you know, we got we got a lot of picks. We also had another UND product defenseman, uh, Cleveland. Cleveland? Out yeah, of, Tyler uh, Cleveland. He's a big boy. Mm-hmm. Was there any any picks that like kind of surprised you that we we went after, or was it kind of uh, oh you know this makes sense? Yeah, uh, that that goalie we took, I, was it the second round I, or it might have been the third? I'm not sure, but that goalie we took, I don't know. Uh, that kind of shocked me. Obviously, uh, Craig Button, that he was he was saying that's like a huge off the board pick, and I don't think that guy was even ranked in this draft, so. Kind of confused me, but I think, you know, their tactic was take these guys from uh, Europe. You know, these guys are playing right now. So um, with the uncertainty uh, with the North American uh, players, obviously it makes sense to pick uh, in Europe, which I think will be, um, you know, it's a hit or miss. These guys could develop and play uh, above their level in Europe and have all the size time. But that goalie really surprised me, especially considering we have such a, a deep uh, prospect pool uh, for our goalies. But, you know, if they saw something in him, I got to believe uh, it, it was worth something. But um, I think we also went off the board with a lot of our picks um, in the second round uh, and further on. So I don't know. We'll see. I, I don't really know many of the guys, but at the same time, uh, I'll trust the scouts and you know, if they saw something, they're they're probably bang on. So we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, I mean, you bring up the go- uh, the goalie that we picked, and yeah. 
it's interesting because we traded for for her goalie, uh, I believe, on draft day, and that was Matt Murray. And I think Suns fans know exactly what we're getting out of Matt Murray. What was your reaction when when Matt Murray kind of when that news broke? Um. I, well, obviously, we all knew that the Suns were targeting goalie. I I didn't really think we'd end up landing Matt Murray just because I guess you know big name and we're not really always linked to big names. So uh, I w- I was kind of shocked and it came out of nowhere and <laughs> seeing that pop up on my feed that's just incredible and especially uh, seeing the return we got from him uh, that just made it all better. So I don't know I was really excited Matt Murray's. You know, a guy um, I've always liked. Uh, probably every franchise mode I've had, that, that was the goalie of choice. So, um, yeah, I'm really happy. And this guy's only 26. So we got a good few years with him. And uh, if he can bring two more cups to Ottawa, uh, that, that's pretty incredible. So I'm excited. Uh, that guy's really good for us. Were you? So everyone was kind of questioning the contract. He signed a four-year deal, 6.25. Yeah. What's your take on that? Because personally, I think it's a great contract for 20. He'll be 27 yeah. uh, next se- the head, at the end of next season. I think it's a great deal for someone who's entering his prime. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I think it's a good deal. Like, obviously, um, I think the two cups come into play when you talk contracts with that guy. Like, not many goalies ever, you know, I don't think many goalies have ever done that. So um, I think that boosted a little. Uh, he had a bad year last year, so I'm not sure what his contract would have been if he had a really good year last year. So uh, I, I think it's fair. If he can bounce back and play the way he did uh, earlier on, Like that's that's great value for our number one goalie and probably our, our number one goalie for uh, a good solid time. So, um, yeah, I, I gave it 5 to 5.5 at first, but... Obviously, the guy deserves it, so um, I'm really happy with that. Six, uh, that's a good deal. Yeah, and I think, I mean, you say what would his contract look like if he had a yeah. good year? I don't think he'd be in Ottawa if he had a good year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pittsburgh probably would have kept him. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, that kind of kicked off a thing of speculation, and then we had the RFAs, the qualifying offers announced, and Obviously, during the qualifying offers, the biggest omission was Anthony Duclair. As all my listeners know, I'm not the hugest Anthony Duclair supporter. Uh, <laughs> I have been very skeptical and very critical of his performance uh, in his career. And I'm a huge. I like Duclair. I think he's he has the skill. He just lacked the work ethic that yeah you want out of a top six guy. So when I saw he that he wasn't qualified, I wasn't surprised. I was. I, w- I mean, I was a little bit surprised due to the cap situation, but looking at how we've been able to use our money, you know, we got good Branson. We just made a big signing. I think everyone kind of can agree that no one expected us to to sign Dad enough. What do you think that Ottawa goes back and and circulates around Duclair if they want that left left wing spot a little bit more secure, or do you think we're done with Duclair in Ottawa? You see. I would have thought by now, if we were going to go back on Duclair, like he would have been signed by now. Um, I think, obviously, he wants to take a look around the league, see if he can get his money's worth, uh, in his opinion. But, um, yeah, I was I was a bit shocked uh, when we didn't qualify him, just uh, based off the fact that none of us knew we'd be spending money in acquiring these players. So I, I thought bringing Duclair back would be, um, obviously, the most... Uh, 
you know, it would just happen because based off of uh, uh, going into next year, trying to reach a cap floor and obviously him being an integral part last year, I just thought he was a for sure lock going into next season. But obviously, uh, Dorian had other plans. He said he wanted Dadanov from the start. That was their guy. So maybe that changed their uh, perspective into re-signing Duclair, saying like, okay, there's this guy we want. We probably uh, won't give Duclair this guy's money's worth because we have another guy we want more. So I don't know. But obviously Duclair having no agent, I think that kind of hurts him a little bit. Um, if he's not signed by now, it's it's probably because a lot of teams don't want to give him what he he's asking for. So we'll see. Maybe if he comes back you know, for a little bit less uh, than he wants, that'd be good. Obviously, I, I love the player, but at the same time, I wouldn't be shocked. Like, our lineup looks pretty strong without Duclair involved. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know where he would really fit in. Um, so, we'll see, man. Do you think him representing himself has kind of hurt the uh, his – because, I mean, he has a reputation of being kind of a lazy player – do you yeah. think him representing himself has kind of been like a wake-up call hearing things that he may not have heard if he had an agent representing him? Oh, maybe. But, I mean, the guy's going on his sixth team. So, like, I, I hope he would have heard it before. You know, if that was definitely a cause of the problem, I, I hope, like, he at least heard it from other teams um, before realizing it now. Like, obviously, you look at Tortorella. That guy put him on blast. So, if that didn't teach him anything, you know, I don't really expect this to. Obviously, he's he's still out there. So I, I, I think he's looking for the money he's asking for, which is probably why he's still not signed and hoping a team jumps on him. But I don't know, man. I just don't think he gets what he wants considering, you know, Dorian offered him a pay raise last year. Um, the report, I think, was $4.1 million, and he said no or something like that. So I just don't see him... Um, you know, being being more valuable than a 4.1, $4.5 million player, even at that, it is a lot for a guy who's inconsistent, you know. I hope he learns, just I don't think this is the way. Yeah, I mean, I think if, you ha- if people don't know, I mean, he had yeah. nine points from January 2nd until like March 12th is when the season ended. Yeah. Kind of hard to be paid – you know, he was on such a torrid pace in the beginning of the year, and then he just died off. Yeah. If he if he continued on the pace and probably led the team in scoring and whatnot, there's a there's a case for him. But yeah, when you have nine points when and other players are producing at a higher level and have hit double digits, yeah, yeah. it kind of makes you look worse in in that light. You yeah, know, this was a year for him too to to you know go out and prove himself and. He did for the most part, but, you know, that inconsistency is what is going to, you know, define what player he is. And I don't know. He had to be more consistent. He wasn't. Uh, he had so many chances playing big minutes with skilled players. Um, I don't know. Um, yeah. I, I don't blame Dorian for not offering him more than what he did because, obviously, we've got so many players coming up the pipeline. Um, it's unfortunate, but... Yeah, he's just not worth all that for sure. Now we're gonna jumping away from the. I mean, we can talk about RFAs. You know, there's there's yeah. Connor Brown, Chris Tierney that still need to be signed, and you know Nick Paul just got signed. Joey Decord at the yeah. time signed literally today 
on a three-year deal. So I think overall, Pierre Dorian has done a really good job at, you know, bringing players back and making sure that they're here for a while. Uh, yeah. Considering that, you know, Nick Paul's here for two years, the court's here for three. And there's rumors. I know after the uh, Dadanoff signing, there's rumors from Pierre Lebrun that um, P- uh, Pierre Dorian may not be done shopping. So now we're we're somehow connected to uh, Winnipeg and Line A. There, there's some other names being dropped down that might be for Ottawa. So who who would you love to see in Ottawa if it's by trade or free agency? Everyone should know by now that like I was huge on Toffoli. Uh, yeah, and him going to Montreal kind of sucks because yeah. it's Montreal. Yeah, and you know so there's not really anyone that I want to bring in in that aspect. But who's someone that you would love to see Ottawa bring in? that can play right now? Um, in terms of like free agents, I, I really like an Andreas Athanasiu. Uh, obviously very skillful, a very fast player, uh, maybe not the best finisher, but you know, you put that guy on a line, I don't know, just with whoever, even with Formington, you, can you imagine that speed on one line together? That would just, that would be incredible. I think the guy is would be a good addition to this young team, especially since he's still young. Um, but I probably wouldn't offer him a long-term contract, probably a, a bridge deal or something uh, just to fill the gaps. But I don't know. I don't know who to bring. Um, I, I think, I think the plan is for them to just have a bunch of filler players and rotate the young guys in, especially with the uh, AHL that might not be returning uh, next year. I think it's a safe bet to say that, um, you know, a lot of these guys might be plugged into the lineup. Uh, a lot of rotational players just to ensure that they all get equal ice time uh, for the development. So I, I don't know if you'd want to bring in another high-end player or another guy that's going to, you know, play top top line minutes or second line minutes. I just, I don't know. I, it'd probably be a death, uh, death piece. Uh, I would plug into the lineup anyway. But even then, I look at what, our lineup could be, it looks pretty, you know, stagnant, pretty complete. I wouldn't really do much to change it, but the rumors are interesting. We'll see what Dorian has to, uh, has to, to, has to do. We'll see. I'm, I'm excited, but yeah, I'm confident what we have. Yeah. And I mean, for, for the individuals who haven't heard, you know, Pete, uh, Pierre Dorian has come out and said that they're pretty much set on defense and a net. Yeah. And if there is going to be any kind of, additions it's going to be in the forward group um you know i think earlier today um i mean i think since twitter as a whole over the last couple of weeks have been like here are some projected lineups based off who we have Uh, i know some people don't like it but it's fun to do and i think uh earlier today uh graham nichols kind of put out a a lineup and it kind of got i I mean i've done it I've, i've put out my own lineups over the last little while Kind of got me wondering where, you know, where Tierney and Connor Brown kind of slot in. And I posted it on the Senzar Twitter of like, where do you see these two players slotting in long term? And if so, you know, what kind of contract would you give them? Yeah. And personally, I don't, I don't see either of them being here long term, uh, considering that I think Connor Brown's a solid like middle six guy. We have a guy like Abramov and uh, Sokorov who could slot into that role. And Tierney, you know, we have our plethora of centers, so he might just be kicked out. Yeah. So 
What what do you think is going to happen with these two? Obviously, they're RFAs. They're both arbitration. Where, yeah. where do you see this going? I think the it's a, it's a must to re-sign Connor Brown. I think like he's an integral part of this team. Obviously, a leader, older guy, and you know he'll kill some minutes. He'll kill some penalties. Uh, all around good player, a dependable player. So um, I see him on a third uh, third right wing uh, behind Batherson Dadnov. Obviously, if Batherson is, isn't ready for that second-line role, maybe you rotate Connor Brown into that second fold and then, you know, try to get Batherson accustomed to NHL uh, minutes. But I don't know. For Tierney, it's a bit it's a bit mixed emotions for me. Like, I don't really know where he'll fit in. I'm Honestly, I'm more worried about Colin White because I, I do think Colin White's a, a, a true center. I don't know if DJ sees it that way or, if, you know, Pierre, uh, Pierre Dorian sees it that way either. So I'm not really sure, but I, I would assume that Tierney would plug in that second center just to make sure our, our rookies aren't rushed into the big roles right away. Um, maybe, you know, I, I, I saw Graham Nichols put Colin White as the first C. I don't, I don't know if I see that happening, but it'll have to be a big jump for him to prove that he belongs there. Um, obviously I don't think he's a, a true one C regardless. So maybe Stutzla takes over that spot. I don't know. So many things can happen, but I don't think Tierney stays, um, more than a year here. I think he's a trade asset or Seattle piece. Um, but for Connor Brown, I, I really do hope he sticks around. I really like Connor Brown as a player and that would, yeah, I would be really happy if he's stuck here for another four years or so. Yeah, I mean, I like Connor Brown. I think that's the piece that everyone was excited for when we traded CC yeah. for for Zaitsev and Connor Brown. And I think being stuck with Zaitsev for another like four years, including this year, even though he is expendable yeah. or unprotected, like he doesn't have to be protected in the expansion draft. The idea that he will be picked by Seattle is slim. Uh, mm-hmm. Wrong. If he is picked by Seattle, I think all sense fans. Are gonna have a are gonna sigh a sign of uh, a sigh of relief, a little bit there, but I think the the interesting thing is that we're in a position that like this is a serious conversation we have to look at as as fans and as the organization we have to look at these two players and be like where do they slot into the lineup in like two three years, and I think that's something that Ottawa fans weren't expecting. I think these these are two players that Ottawa fans may have looked at you know heading into last season as guys who are going to be here long term. The emergence of Pinto, the emergence of Norris have definitely kind of pushed along or pushed Nor- uh, Tierney out. Yeah. Uh, and I think if Colin White's given a legitimate shot at center, he'll do well. So it's going to be it's gonna be a very interesting couple of months if there is a season at that. Yeah. No, for sure, man. Bang on. Uh, you know, before we get into the, to the next segment, What's been your favorite move so far in the like so far in the offseason for Dorian? Uh, it has to be Matt Murray, man. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. I'm a huge fan of that guy. So having him on the Suns, my favorite team, that's just incredible to see. And I don't know. The return we, we gave up for him, I thought was very minimal considering he's, he's you know, a two-time Stanley Cup champion. Like, you can't go wrong with that. He's going to be our number one for a good while. And, I think that was an incredible move. Like I didn't really see it coming, which, you know, makes it even better. I think uh, just to have it come out of nowhere and, you know, being a sense fan in this time, that was a, a really good move. So I'm really happy on that. end. 
Yeah, I think uh, outside of Dadenoff, I think that's probably the biggest move that Sens fans are happy with. Yeah. So, you know, i got to ask a question. Where do you see this team going next season? What are your expectations for the 2021 Senators? I hate to say it because obviously I'm a diehard fan, but the team that I see on paper, especially defensively, it's it's not that big of a difference than last year, in my opinion. I could be wrong. Like, Branson could be a, a nice, solid piece. Same thing with Brown. I mean, we've heard it all before. Um, we'll see. But I just don't see a big jump since last year, especially since our rookies are not fully integrated into the NHL. They're not, you know, there yet. I think this is a big year for um, adjusting uh, chemistry, um, making the players develop a bit more. Obviously, Stutzla is a big part, all that, yes. But it's their first year for most of these rookies making the jump. So I don't see them bringing us over, um, you know, bottom 10. Like, realistically, I still say bottom bottom six, bottom eight. But that's, that's just me. Um, we'll see how it goes. I just think a lot of teams have gotten better as well. So it, it's hard, especially in our division. Um, yeah, I, I'd say bottom bottom six, bottom eight. And honestly, I'm I I can see that, especially defense wise. You know, if you look at our defense defensive core, Shabbat, Willannon, Riley on the left side, and then you have Brown, uh, Zub, Zaitsev, and Good Branson on the right. Not a lot of uh, not a lot of hope on that side, at least on paper. Yeah. Obviously, depending on how they play, can really change that. But, and I mean. To be fair, bottom six and bottom eight isn't necessarily a bad thing, considering we finished bottom two or bottom three the last couple of years. Yeah. So moving up those moving up those spots, that's not bad. I think yeah. if you, if you're finishing bottom eight, personally, I think if you're finishing bottom eight, I'd rather be like six, seven, or eight. Yeah. Over like three, four, and five kind of thing. And I think we've all learned from this past draft lottery. Doesn't matter where you finish in the bottom half of the league, you can always win the lottery. Yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> and, I, and I think, honestly, that would be ideal. You know, you, let's say we finish, I don't know, like 22nd or, or 23rd, and we we win the draft lottery. I think that would be the icing on the cake. Yeah, yeah. We, we move up a couple of spots, and we still end up drafting drafting first. Yeah, yeah. That, that would be incredible, but... You know, we had two top five picks. I was for sure thinking we'd get first overall. So I have no hopes of getting first overall next year. Um, unless Pierre Dorian makes another move and I get all hyped for it. I don't know. But we'll see. Anything could happen. But, you know, this this time around, I think I'll just be fine with, you know, picking sixth overall next year or something. I'd be happy with that. But okay. we'll see. <laughs> yeah. I think anything outside of the top five. Yeah. is a win for Suns fans who've been in the bottom five the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting you say like a trade. I think, you know, we talked about Tierney not being part of the long-term plan. Tierney could be very much like another Pajot where a team is looking for that kind of bottom six depth on the power play and penalty kill. And a team might overpay a little bit for him. And that could equal up another first round pick or even a couple of seconds. For, for Tierney, and I think that would even be, no matter where that pick finishes, that would be majorly beneficial to this rebuild. Yeah. 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 
who knows? It depends. I, I think for me, moving Tierney would really have to mean that one of our rookies are really pushing for a top spot. Like I think this year, it's it's a step over the rebuild, like the rebuild is done. But I, I still think it's a time where our players have to rotate in. Like we still need those guys to cover those those bigger minutes because I I don't know you can't just throw your rookies under the bus and hope for them to succeed. Um, but we'll see if if our rookies get better. I I think Tierney is a for sure goner. Um, but for now, I I don't know. I hope that they they, they find something for him. Maybe give him you know better opportunities and use him as a trade asset for the trade deadline like you're, like you're saying if he gets more minutes and he plays well like you said a pajo at the te- at the deadline is is that would be great for us and I, yeah you're right he's, he's definitely not staying long term so he's, he's gonna he's gonna get shipped out most likely yeah 100 percent. i i definitely yeah. think that um you know, we're getting to the half hour mark of the show. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we got a little bit more to discuss. We're going to talk the New Jersey's because that needs to be discussed, as well as our prospects playing overseas and the upcoming. I mean, we talked a little bit about the upcoming season, but we also have to talk about the potential Canadian division that was somewhat leaked by uh, Vegas owner mm-hmm. uh, Bill, Bill, Bill Foley the other day so stay tuned we'll be right back with that uh again nick thank you for joining us so far uh we'll be back in a sec all right man (laughs) oh hi there pleased to meet you my name is tom franklin one half of the blue notes podcast and the hockey podcast network we've got that 2019 stanley cup power too sweet to be sour and we're also your home for the best blues analysis Yes, it's it's a it's a Bruin, but he, he's he's going to help the power play, and and that's what people need to understand. And you know they're going to look at it and say, oh well, Justin Falk was supposed to help the power play as well. Tory Krug is legitimately going to help the power play. Felt like Newport was ready to go into his offseason and use Petrangelo as an example and say, okay, we're going to play chicken here with with uh, with the COVID cap here. Someone is going to give Petrangelo his money. We also have great guests from here at home. St. Louis Post-Dispatch, St. Louis Blues beat writer Jim Thomas, the organist for the St. Louis Blues, Jeremy Boyer, and around the world. Yo, Blues fans, it's Gerard, the Dutch Blues fan, all the way from the Netherlands. And no other podcast can say they have a Hawaiian hockey correspondent, but we do. Aloha! I'm Guy, the Hawaii Blues fan, and this is my Aloha Commentary. Plus, a little self-deprecating humor thrown in there. One of our new Blue Note Selkie-level COVID mask, if I can turn it the right way there so I can properly sell it. I am, I, you know what, I am failing my prices right model audition right here. This is, this is terrible. He has opted for the uh, neck gator uh, version of this, and I'm still failing my... Prices right off this. Fuck it. Um, <laughs> voted the best podcast by our peers in the Hockey Podcast Network. Follow Tom and Wags on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Blue Notes Pod, and be sure to subscribe to Blue Notes wherever you get your podcasts from. This is Tom Franklin reminding you to not be a chump and always play to the whistle. All right, we are back. 
Again, guys, thank you for tuning in. Uh, follow the Suns Hour on Twitter and on YouTube. You can find our podcast at uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you find your podcast. Follow Nick at Dumlin underscore Nick on Twitter. And for myself, uh, you know, Suns, Suns underscore Hour and Shane underscore Ryan 97. So let's get into the uh, last half hour of the show. We're going to get started off with the prospects over in Europe. We have uh, a good amount of them playing currently overseas in uh, Abramov, Branstrom, yeah, uh, Gustafsson, and Schlappick, to name a few. Uh, if you guys haven't seen, uh, Abramov has played two games, uh, two games, four goals. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Re- I, I don't really know how, and he's playing out in uh, in Liga, uh, mm-hmm. in the, uh, the Finnish league, which is kind of surprising. Yeah, I thought he may have gone over to the uh, the KHL. Yeah, now you would think because he's Russian, but I mean, <laughs> well, you made that sound very stereotypical there. Yeah, <laughs> you would just assume, but I, I mean, it's a good fit, uh, Jokrit, right? I think so, something like yeah. that. Yeah really well so yeah he had freaking first two periods he had two goals yeah that that shootout goal no no penalty shot i think that, yeah, penalty that was shot his, in overtime his specialty move that's that's awesome oh man i i think abramov has a chance to really make some noise yeah he's in uh he's on loan in uh Jukurit out of yeah. uh, the, uh, liga two games four goals yeah that's that's incredible uh, and and he's one of those guys you just he's overshadowed because we have such a deep prospect pool like i didn't really know much about him uh when we did acquire him but uh yeah definitely proved me wrong he had a good year last year as well um i hope he takes a bit of a jump into the hl next year uh proves his worth a little more but if everything goes right like that guy is going to be a really good player for us i just i just don't know where he fits to be honest with you i just We'll see, but if he keeps playing like that, I think he has a really good shot at uh, surpassing other prospects we have. Yeah, I mean, in between, I think for for him, he can play right or left side, and I think with the the need on the left side, I think him and Balsers are two guys that can make name with him and Formenton as well. Are yeah. three of our three wingers that can make a name for themselves at camp this year. And I think it shouldn't be understated that like him getting it he's getting an advantage playing right now because you know guys yeah. like Formington and Balsers are sitting at home just training yeah no that's and, that's yeah guys in Europe right now like I don't know they have such a huge advantage and you know that's that's awesome for our players um we'll see I expect you know Abramov coming back from uh Finland into training cap just to be you know a whole lot better than most players and I think that's what we'll see with some Europe guys right now, uh, which isn't a bad thing, you know? Yeah. And I mean, you know, we have as my Abramov struggled last year to do injuries. He was kind of in and out of the lineup. Most of the time, he yeah. had 41 points in 51 games for Belleville. Yeah. Fantastic. That's great when he yeah. was playing, but you know, I think he's just getting his swagger back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's good to build confidence, especially against, you know, men, um, in Finland, uh, obviously not the same as the NHL, but I, I think it's a big step for him, especially being out there doing really well. You know, 
it must do some good for his confidence. And that's always nice to see, you know? Yeah. And I think, you know, we're talking about a Brahma's confidence. We have to look at a guy like Eric Brandstrom, who's playing over in, uh, in uh, Switzerland. He's not even in Sweden. Another guy that you would yeah. think would be playing kind of for his uh, home countries in his, in his home country. He's playing with the S, uh, SCL Tiger. Yeah. And he had a beautiful overtime winner uh, the other yeah. night. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy for him. Like he needs to, I don't know. This is the time for him to really develop and, and get better. Like I, he needs to work on a few things. Um, although I, I think he's on a bad team, if I'm not mistaken, like they had a rough start. Um, so we'll see. Maybe, you know, that plays into something. I don't know. But I hope he really takes a step and, you know, shows that he's, he's worth more than, uh, you know, if he can shine on a bad team, like, good, you know, that's that's what he needs to do here in Ottawa. So uh, I'm happy, but uh, I, I hope that doesn't affect his development playing on a, on a lower tier team. I don't think it will. I mean, I kind of definitely understand where people are coming from in that aspect where, like, it kind, yeah. might kind of kill his confidence a little bit. But I think the player that might, out of everyone, you know, we still have Lassie Thompson playing out uh, in Finland for, uh, I can't even pronounce this, uh, <laughs> Ilves? I, I don't even know. Yeah. My, my bad for for any of Finnish listeners. But <laughs> it's funny because he also is teammates with uh, Robbie uh, Yerventi, who is yeah. Ottawa's first pick in the second round. And Thompson has no points right now, but I think yeah. that's something – He's not a point getter. He only had 13 points last year, but it's all about confidence, right? Yeah. And oh, is it his uh, second second year in, in that league? I think. Yeah he he played. Uh, he was at he we were we loaned him to Liga last year. He had 13 yeah. points in 39 games. Yeah. Uh, I mean, at the World Juniors, uh, he had three points in seven games. He was the captain for Finland. So, you know, it's not bad, but definitely no, not. A, he's definitely not going to be a point getter. Yeah. And that's probably that, like you said, that's not the player he is. So I wouldn't really expect him to be super flashy, but I think second year, this is the, the year for him to really get settled into that league and really show his game. Obviously first year for anyone, that's a big jump. Uh, it's a bit tough to do. But I think this year is really important for him. And I saw that Dorian wanted him to play in Belleville. So we'll see if that comes to fruition. But, uh, yeah, solid guy. I just, you know, we can't really have high expectations coming out of him. I, I think he'll be a good defenseman for us. And especially seeing Roby Yerventi wearing that gold helmet. Like, that guy's been performing. That's huge. And I, I really didn't know much about him. But I'm really glad we got this guy. And uh, I keep hearing good things. So. Uh, hopefully they, they both develop uh, really well for us and we'll see how they play out in Europe. Yeah, and your event he's sitting at five points in six games according yeah. to elite prospects. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. I think it's his first season out in the uh, in the top league in Finland as an 18-year-old. Not bad, I, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, first yeah. year he was... Uh, he was on the second division, I think, in... Uh, yeah. Yeah. He played for Kuvi, I think, last yeah. year. Um, in Finland, he played five games for uh, Eves, Ives out of Liga last year. He had one point. But yeah. He had 
38 points in 36 games with Kuvi. So. Yeah. Uh, that's that's nice. Like I said, it's a second year pro, so that should be good. Uh, a bit a bit of a jump, but that's what you have to expect if you want to play in the NHL anyway. So to see that he's performing, like that's really huge, and obviously great pick. Uh, I'm really happy with that as well. So yeah, and I think, uh, but one of the one of the guys I think is going to benefit the most is uh, Philip Gustafson, the uh, mm-hmm. goalie out of Sweden. I know a lot of people are kind of knocking him right now because he hasn't performed great yeah. in in North America. But I think we need to remember that he's been he's 22. He's been in North America since I think he was 18 or 19. Still, goaltenders take the longest time to develop. And I think mm-hmm. we're seeing all these goaltenders come over, you know, both uh, Gorkiev and uh, Shosturkin in, for the Rangers that are like 23, 24 years old. Uh Elvis Merzlikens and Corpusello, they took a lot of t- they took time to to get ready. They're both in the NHL in like their mid mid twenties. I think you know Gustafson has two more years, but and I mean Hogberg twenty five before he really had a shot. Yeah. So it's just it's interesting to see kind of where he's projecting, but I think he's playing. I think he's playing in Div two because his team got relegated to Div two. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has a one sixty seven. Yeah. Goals against and a point nine thirty six save percentage in four games. Yeah, that's solid. Yeah, you would you would really hope that this this is the year for him to at least take a bit of a stride. Like he didn't really ha- like obviously didn't have a good year last year and the court taken over. Like obviously that hurts, but you would really think that this opportunity for him um, would be a, a, a huge thing for his development, especially his confidence. You know, playing on a different team. Uh, where he gets to to shine, I guess, a bit more. Um, yeah, I'm really happy for Gustafson. And again, another guy where he you had high expectations, but because of how deep we are, he just kind of gets overshadowed by other guys, which, you know, not his fault, but um, he's still a great prospect. So I think we have to be patient with him. Uh, like you said, goalies are different. Um, yeah, I think he could still be a really good player, a, a really good goalie. So I really hope for the best for him. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. Him and Decord yeah. are going to play a great one-two combo in Belleville if there is an AHL season. Yeah, um, yeah that that's a pretty good tandem. Hopefully, I mean they they were the tandem that led Belleville to like one of the top spots in the league. I think they were when play ended. They were first in the. Uh, the Eastern Conference in the yeah. NHL, and I think they were second in the league behind only Milwaukee, and yeah. Milwaukee was stacked for a good run. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah that thing was crazy as well. Uh, and talking about you know the the twenty, there's there's two things coming out of the the twenty for the twenty twenty one season. One of them is the for the AHL is that the uh, Canadian teams will relocate their AHL franchises to Canada on a part-time basis. And that would only affect three clubs and they're all yeah. out West as Toronto. The Marlies are in Toronto. We, the Montreal's team is the Laval Rockets. Ottawa obviously has, um, Belleville, Winnipeg has man- the moose. And then, so it's the flames in Stockton. Uh, yeah. you have the condors out of Bakersfield for the Oilers. And then you have the Utica Comets who play to the North division with, yeah. against the Belleville senators. But it kind of leads into the next, information that was kind of leaked about a Canadian division. 
a Canadian bubble. Mm-hmm. And then, so for that, you have to wonder, okay, if there is that kind of movement for the AHL to, to bring teams, those three clubs to North uh, to Canada for the year, how likelihood is there going to be that Canadian bubble? And if there's that Canadian bubble, assuming that there's maximum five teams to make the playoffs, we'll do three because we'll have the division, right? Yeah. One, how how do you think the playoffs would look? Because you'd have, I believe there's four divisions. Uh, there might have been five. Uh, can't remember exactly. I think it was either four or five divisions. But how would the playoffs look if that were the case? Yeah, I really don't know. Like I have, I have no idea what to expect next year. But if if that's the case, like how do you evaluate the whole league if there's one Canadian division? I I, I don't know. I really don't know how they're gonna do it. But we'll see. I, I don't know. Um, even then, same same question applies for the for the draft next year. How do you how do you rank the draft? I mean, I would guess they would still have their like league board, right? It would just be I a guess, matter. Yeah, but yeah. So teams don't play each other, right? Yeah. So I found there there was a thing on Twitter uh, posted by Barstool. God, I hate Barstool. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, they they are the ones who posted it. Uh, there was a kind of a, a graph um, of how the fran- how it would all work out, and it would basically be four divisions. Mm-hmm. My my only question would be how the divisions work, because yeah. you'd have all the Canadian teams. You would have, by the looks of it, uh, LA the California teams with uh, St. Louis, Colorado, Arizona, Vegas, and Minnesota in one division. Oh yeah, I see that. Okay. Yeah, it would be the Avalanche, uh, Dallas, Minnesota, yeah. Arizona, Vegas in one division with the California teams, and then to be Columbus, Detroit, Chicago, St. Louis, Nashville, Tampa, Florida, and Carolina in one division, and then Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Washington, Philly, New Jersey, Rangers, Islanders, and Boston. Yeah, that that one would probably work the best, and. I could see since they're so close, but um, yeah, definitely weird year if that's the case for next year. I mean, I just, it could work. It could. I just want to know how the playoffs are going to sh- – like if that's yeah. – let's say they do this. Let's say they do do that kind of situation. My my only question would be the playoffs because obviously they're trying to eliminate travel. Mm-hmm. So playoffs would be important. And at that point, you know, let's say there is only three teams – Calgary, Toronto, and Montreal are probably the favorites to win if that's the division. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, I think if they were to go in the West or however they wanted to break it up, um, you know, where would Ottawa slot? Because <laughs> <In> like, <laughs> if, like, if they were going to, you know, let's say because the majority of this division's in the West, and they were to go against the Pacific uh, Western Division, or like it's just called the Western Division. Let's say they were to do that. I mean, I feel pretty confident in being able to play better than LA, Anaheim, and San Jose, and mm. even Arizona at this point. Yeah. 
So if you, if you, Ottawa could, hey, I'm just saying that there's a chance that like Ottawa could make the playoffs. Which is, yeah. If that's the case, that would be, yeah. 2021 would almost be as crazy as 2020 if that happened. But um, yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to it, obviously. But then you get to the playoffs and not what you expect again how do you do the playoffs if if you do it like that if you have a canadian division do you have the playoffs in canada again like last year in a bubble if if it goes on i mean i would i would hope and maybe that's it maybe that maybe that maybe they scrap the whole you know division leader like you win your division you like i talked about it before where if you win your division you get one you slot in at one two yeah and then it'd be the best I mean, the only the only logical way would be you win the division, you're one, two, three, four, and you're slotted in by point percentage, mm-hmm. and then it's the best twelve teams behind that. Yeah, and then you're yeah. split up into two. I I'm not really sure how else they're going to do it. But do you think because, well, realistically, if the virus keeps going on, uh, and they choose to opt for a 48 game season, do you think they do another 2014 playoffs just because? the lack of games in a bubble? Do you think they, they do another 24 teams in a bubble? Where they have like a, a play-in? Yeah, yeah to make it more fair considering it's a shorter season and teams are going to be like, well, we didn't play enough games. Just same thing as last year. You know, oh, we were so close. I don't know because I think it would, it would remind me a lot of more of the lockout short in year. Yeah, yeah. Not like – it's not like your season's getting cut in half where you've already played like 60, 70, 70 yeah, yeah, games. Yeah. You're, you have your 48 games kind of like the lockout short in year. Do I think they may introduce an expanded playoffs just because they like the chaos of it? Possibly. <laughs> yeah. um, but I really don't know at that point. I think the playoffs is, is going to be the deciding factor on how they do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like it, if they do a shortened season, well, that's a lot of revenue lost, you know, that they could make up with a 2014 playoffs. Um, and obviously it worked this year, which I think might, you know, entice them to try it again next year if it, you know, goes on until then. I don't know. I think switching the format up uh, is another hassle, but we'll see. I, I don't really know what to expect. I hope they make it work. But, I mean, I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> the other thing, I mean, before before we wrap it up, uh, before I forget, you know, Melnick came out with his master plan, and he came yeah. out and said that, like, oh, we want to we want a cup within – we can win a cup in the four years. And, yo, yeah. honestly, I love the confidence in the man. Yeah, I know yeah, people yeah. don't like him, but yeah. you can't question the man's confidence – and cockiness when it comes to, to Pierre Dorian and what this team has done. Yeah. But the big thing that I, I took away from it was the fact that he's, they've, they've set up a plan to have 6,000 people at games. And I don't know if that's in, like, just straight up fans. Cause I know in yeah. the States, like with the NFL, they are like the Steelers, they're my team. So I kind of follow them more closely than others. So the way the Steelers are handling it is that they can have like 7,500 fans or 75, yeah, yeah, seven point five thousand fans 
uh, or people at the arena. So they're actually looking at about five and a half thousand fans. Mm. So is that kind of where we're like we're gonna have? Oh, we can have six thousand people at the arena, but we can only have like you know, let's say you know four and a half thousand fans. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Like, I think that's a bit too optimistic. Like, the way I see it, where we're at right now is equivalent to what we were doing in February. Like, in terms of you know, the cases are still going up. Like, not much control over the situation. I think we're trying to be hopeful and obviously this guy wants to make money. So he, he's got to have a plan, but I, I just don't see it happening. Um, maybe that's for the best, obviously. Um, if it does happen and it does work, well, great. But if it, you know, if it happens and it doesn't work, it doesn't look too good, you know, especially, you know, trying to make that happen. So I don't really know. Uh, how they'll do it, but obviously the NHL surprised me and made the bubble work. So we'll see. Uh, I, I'd love to go see a Suns game this year, um, but at the same time, you know, I just don't see it happening. Well, that kind of answers my question. On if, if let's say they were like, "Oh, we're gonna have you know five thousand fans at the game," would you go to a game? Yeah, see, that's another thing. You, you, I, yeah, I would. <laughs> I definitely would because I want to see Stutzla and Black, you know. But uh, I mean, we'll see. Um, yeah, I probably would just for the sake of it because that's my team. But that's another risk uh, you have to consider. And I think for a lot of the a lot of the people, they're all going to come down to, uh, you know, trying to make the best decision. And I don't think many people are going to want to risk that. So I don't know. We'll see how how many tickets sell and if there is fans going to the games. But uh, overall, I don't think many are like me and willing to risk, you know, just to go see their favorite players. So yeah, I mean, I think. Uh... I mean, personally, I would. I would definitely yeah, yeah. at least. Okay, so like, I went to a lot of. I basically went to almost every home game last year. Yeah, I don't think I would go to that many. I mean, let's say we had like 20, 24 home games. I'd probably yeah. try sticking to that ten mark. I feel like you go to every couple of them, you probably have a good chance of, of being safe. Yeah, um, but you know, if, I want to see these new jerseys up in person. I want to see yes. the ice. I, I just honestly, I just want to see. And anyway, we're we got ten minutes left, so we're gonna we're gonna finish it up with this. You know, we biggest moment of the draft. Say what you want about the picks and the trades and whatnot. The biggest moment of the draft was the uh, showing of the jerseys. They had Nick yeah. Paul and Connor Brown, and makes me believe that Connor Brown will be back, probably hopefully long term. I think so too. But you know, they brought them back. They're beautiful. They look so clean. The whites have grown a lot on me. I did not like the whites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was maybe maybe it was my own fault because I was so set on the black and the white at the bottom, not the full red or the black mm-hmm. and the red at the bottom, not the full full red bar. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what let me down. But looking at them and being like, "Damn, these You're are nice. these are really nice," and I keep seeing people buy them. And personally, like I don't need a jersey right now. Like as as you can see, I got you know, you got Rossi, Baltimore, Ryan, and the Blackjacks jersey. I I do need a new Sens one, but yeah. I can wait until the season happens. I don't even know who I'm going to get it on the back. I might not get anybody, but man, that jersey, that logo, I love it. Yeah, yeah, probably the best jerseys the Sens have ever had. Obviously, uh, for me, the best moment was seeing Stutzla 
pull up with the number 88 and just pop that that thing on that was just incredible seeing those colors on our you know next big star that was just yeah it's incredible they look so clean uh i'm happy they listen to the fans because obviously you saw their post they they added all the comments from the fans you know bring the 2d back bring the 2d back so they obviously they saw they read and they listened so uh yeah. super stoked you know it's awesome uh, so i went to 90s night the uh the 90 90s night game and i was talking about you know they they brought they have the jerseys for sale they should wear them you know that they, they should the players should at least come out and wear them on the ice for yeah. for the warm-up and they didn't and i thought it was a disappointment like you have a chance to to bring back the old logo, the old jerseys for one night, just for a warm up, and you blow it. And it's funny because my comment made that video. That comment was like, you know, you you missed the chance of having a really good ninety. <laughs> and I saw it, and I'm like, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You made it into the trailer. I remember. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, no, that that would have been good, eh? But maybe maybe if they did decide to bring those jersey backs. Like people would just be like, "Damn! Like, why aren't those your real jerseys?" You know, even if it's for warm up, like, <laughs> since Twitter I mean, probably would have been outraged. I mean, I love those jerseys. I'm so happy yeah. they went back yeah. to it. I know it was a long time coming. Yeah, and, and obviously Adidas messed up. We all, yeah. I think, if you're on Sense Twitter, you know what happened over the last couple of days with the yeah. uh, the mess up of Adidas accidentally posting a picture of Kachuk, a Kachuk jersey in this with the c on it but yeah, apparently, yeah. apparently some of the people who bought that jersey they were received without the c yeah i saw that too you, you probably you would assume that the sends would be on that case really fast so <laughs> um cool to see but maybe it means nothing maybe it, it means something we don't know uh obviously it's a good shout to think kachuk would get the c so it's definitely believable but we would my thinking is that why why do you have a full on photo shoot if you don't have the jersey, right? Yeah, yeah, that 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 was weird. So you know, I think I think twenty twenty one, even if it's a short year or if it's it, it's going to be an exciting year. Ottawa has a lot of promise. I really want to see what the the center ice will look like with this logo. Yeah, yeah, I've been uh, I've been experimenting with uh, NHL twenty one, <laughs> trying to recreate these jerseys because obviously. They haven't added it yet, which I don't get. Obviously, whatever. They can take their time, but at the same time, I'm playing the game and I'm looking at the 3D jersey, the 3D logo at, at center ice. I'm like, I'm like disgusted, you know? <laughs> like, I think my, <laughs> my issue is that like the jerseys aren't like the 90s versions. Neither 90s versions of the black jersey are available to play. Yeah, and it makes no sense to me. It never has. No, yeah. I tried. I was like, okay, well, maybe I could use those jerseys. And obviously, you scroll down, nothing. It's a bit odd, but. Uh, like, I just, I, I don't get it. I mean, I am i haven't bought 21. Uh, I've heard really good things about Be A Pro. But yeah. hearing that the, the jerseys aren't in it, the new look isn't in it. And I guess it makes sense if the new, like, they don't know what the arena is going to look like. They may, they, they may not feel comfortable putting in just like a standard arena with like just a standard look. Um, but that alone is I'm just like, I'm going to wait on it. I'm going to wait until probably Christmas or around Christmas to, to yeah. pick it up. 
yeah, he's good at Moscow well, anyways. So <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting for that Sesla jersey to come out. I just want to get the right spelling. I think they came out and said uh, uh, Timmy himself asked with the the e in there instead of the umlaut. So I mean, sure, I, I get that, but I'll I'll just wait for it to actually come out and be safe. And that's my guy, you know. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, yeah, it sounds like it's gonna be like the S T U E kind of the yeah. spelling. But yeah, better safe than sorry to just wait until it's it's put out. Personally, I might just wait and uh, just wait and see kind of what happens with the numbers because I think you know Norris could change his number. We saw it with Bath yeah. when he went from like seventy nine to nineteen. Norris could change his number. I kind of I'm kind of digging the Willin in twenty four. Yeah, yeah, Looks yeah, yeah. Super nice. Might grab I because I want to I want I don't want to Kachuk or Shabbat. And it's not because I don't like them right now. It's just I know it's everyone's true. gonna have it. Like <laughs> it's the same thing with Stutzel. It's like I know everyone's gonna have it. I kind yeah. of want a player that no one else is really gonna have. So I'm maybe, kind of, maybe uh maybe get a Murray. Well, I'm kind of leaning towards Matt Murray. Uh, I'm just cool. kind of leaning to Dadenoff now. Mm, I was I was really looking forward to you know to Foley sign. That was my guy. I was gonna get to Foley, but you know, yeah. I think, <laughs> I think <laughs> it might be Matt Murray or Christian or or Willannon. I'm gonna see how it shakes up. If I might, honestly, I might say screw it and go after a Nick Pollard or Rudolph Balsers. Balsers <laughs> <laughs> is fantastic. May say may get an Abramov. Ah, may get a get, a get an Austin Watson up in here. Yeah, man. May, Good Branson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. There's so many, so many names, so many possibilities outside of Kachuk and Shabbat. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll invest in a Sanderson. Get ahead of it. <laughs> yeah. It's funny that like uh, all four of our Dakota prospects are literally one after each other in yeah. jersey numbers at North Dakota. I might, honestly, I might say screw it and get Pinto 22. I don't care if that's not the number. Like, I know Zaitsev is wearing 22, and you might not want to do it. But Pinto, man, I, like he wears 22 for the juniors. He wears 22 for North yeah. Dakota. Like, I might that's just have to number. go for a Pinto number 22. Yeah, no, I, I would love to see that. Uh, obviously, uh, hopefully, that's the reason Zaitsev gets moved, so Pinto gets to wear 22. I don't know. We'll see, but <laughs> uh, that'd be a, that'd be a clean jersey for sure. Branch from twenty six. Who knows? There's gonna be so many. Tra- like, yeah, uh, I don't know. I I, I I might just go blank and just wait a little bit and just get it done later. You see, they succeeded by doing this rebrand because look at us. We're ready to give all our money for like multiple jerseys. So they, they got it right. <laughs> they, they Honestly, sure. people are like, oh, I hate Melnick. And then they drop the new jerseys and they're like, shut up and take my money. And I'm like, bro, what? Are you yeah. going to hate Melnick and go out and buy all this new merch? Yeah, exactly. Like, I on, uh, I, was, I was showing a picture of someone on Facebook. He bought both jerseys, a white Shabbat and a black Kachuk. So that's 500 bucks right there. Like two hoodies and like three of the two. And I'm like, you spent almost a grand on Sen's merch, like, bro, what? And you know, they're so smart too because they don't have a third jersey. And you can only imagine that next year they're going to drop that third jersey, a better year. I have a feeling that that third jersey is going to look a lot like the original red jersey that they wore in the early 2000s. 
Because I don't think I think personally, I've said it multiple times. I think the old logo is dead. Yeah. All indication is the old logo is dead. Everything they've done product yeah. wise, they didn't bring anything out new last year. I feel like they're going to keep the the third the three D logo, and yeah. that's going to be the third jersey. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like the wave and whatnot. That that's my that's my take on it. Okay. Yeah. I I, I think the safest bet is to say that it's going to be a red jersey. Obviously. Uh, don't know how it's going to look. Maybe they do something completely different. I don't know. Uh, maybe a gold. I don't know if they can do that. But Honestly, I think if they were to do like a red and gold with a little bit of black, if it's the gold that they use, like, because the gold that they've been using is really nice, if they can use yeah. that gold on a jersey, I don't want no like Vegas gold. Vegas gold is horrible. I but I think like if, if you can get the nice like bronze kind of gold. Yeah. It should be good. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you, man. <laughs> it could look really good, but it could also look really bad. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that third jersey. I mean, I'm just yeah. excited to see these jerseys on ice. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Uh, it's great time to be a fan and almost the worst time to drop money, but I'll do it anyway, so it's, it's all yeah, right. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until, until Christmas when that – Jersey, you know, it's not even about the price of the jersey. It's just more like I, I have nowhere to wear it right now. I'm not going to drop the money on it right now. Yeah. I'll wait until games are ready. I'll buy it then. Yeah, for a lot of people, though, we're in a global pandemic, you know, like, you know, people lose their jobs and stuff. Maybe it wasn't the best idea to drop their jerseys, but um, I think people will find a way to get it. So, yeah, I, I'll pay. I'll pay up. Yeah, yeah, so will I eventually. <laughs> but when when games are back, honestly, that's my that's my thing. I might just go first game and just buy it the first game. I don't know. Yeah, at the rink. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> if there's any left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if the rinks are open for us, we'll see. Yeah, hell, I might just wait till Adidas has another sale and get it for like thirty percent off. Yeah, or wait till there's an actual captain and then. Yeah, vote. honestly, that. that yeah, I might just wait. If I'm going to get a Kachuk, I might just wait to see if he's named captain and then get it with the C. That's a good shot. That's a good idea, man. Anyways, thank you. I mean, thank you for all who's joined in. Thank you, Nick, for, for joining us today. But that will wrap up this episode of the Sends Hour podcast. Uh, you can follow Nick at Doomlin underscore Nick. He's part of the New Era Sends uh, group. Yep. You can find him at New Era Sends on Twitter. You can find myself on Instagram and Twitter, sends underscore hour, Shane underscore Ryan 97. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Tune in live on YouTube and Twitter. And again, subscribe on YouTube if you already haven't. Uh, Thank you, Nick, again for coming on. And stay safe out there, everyone. We will catch you here next week. Awesome, man. Thank you very much.